to him who is weary of the land, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as I learn. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen. Please be seated. I felt like coming back to this uh, message and concluding because it's so important. Um, adding grace to your faith. Basically, since that God said we should add to our faith so that we will not be barren or be unfruitful in righteousness. You know, barrenness is really bad for those in the Old Testament, especially for families. When they can have children, I don't know about today, I've seen people say, I don't want children. That's new to me. But in their time, if something was gravely wrong, if you have a couple and they can't have children, it was, it was a serious reproach. The reason for that is God has said to the children of Israel, no one will be barren in all the land. So if you're barren, everyone is wondering, What's going on there? Are you doing something in secret? So barrenness is never a thing for God. He doesn't like it. And so that's what God said from the very beginning. Be fruitful and multiply. A friend of mine who had his sixth uh, uh, child called me from Florida. And he said uh, he was rejoicing. I rejoiced with him. And then he said, good luck. I want to bless you as a preacher. I want to bless you so that God can have, give you more children. Uh, I already had three. I said, please, uh, I'm not the one to, that, that commandment has been fulfilled. And I, <laughs> I don't want your blessing, please. Keep it to yourself. Six, I have three. That's enough for me. I'm not going further than that. Uh, keep your blessing. Uh, but, Spiritually, it's not right for you to be barren or be unfruitful. So, Peter said to us, add to your faith, because your faith will always produce. But if you really want in abundance, add to your faith, he said, virtue, that's goodness. And and don't, don't be good. And people don't know why you're good. It's because of Jesus you're good. So have knowledge. In other words, be able to tell them why you are the way you are. By the grace of God. And so you have knowledge. And so when people have knowledge, the Bible also says, knowledge pops up. You, I, I know better than you guys. And so he says, have some self-control. Okay? <laughs> because trouble is on his way. And you need some perseverance. And then to perseverance, he said, you must have Godliness. There's seven graces. Add godliness. If you are going to be fruitful as a Christian. A lot of Christians don't even think of, some Christians don't even think that this is a fruit bearing thing. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, Jesus said the Father cuts off. In my mind, if you are cut off, you are no longer part of the vine. So that's very important. Every branch in me that doesn't bear fruit. So he says, add God, uh, 
brotherly kindness to godliness. They go together. So today I'll be talking about brotherly kindness. And then the final thing is love. Love. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit. John 15 verse 12. He takes away. And some translation says he cuts off. Sets aside. But the branch that is bearing fruit, he prunes. He takes care of. So that it bears more fruit. For the kingdom of God. So add brotherly kindness. And this is talking about Christians. Have brotherly kindness in your midst. Have that brotherly kindness. Let people feel the kindness of God when, you, when they come into church or when they interact with you. They see there's something different about you. Kindness means you care. You're helpful. They don't know why you care sometimes. Because you're not related. I understand when you are from the same family. But when you're not related and you show care, let's say someone is in the hospital and they have their friends and they feel this person coming to stay with them day and night, calling and bringing food. They ask questions. Where did you know? Where, how did you know these guys? Is this your family member that I didn't know of? No. We attend the same church. Really? And they spend this much time, they're after you. That's what we're talking about. Kindness has something to do with being considerate of the other person, what they are going through. Not judgmental. A kind person doesn't see what's wrong there. They're not looking for wrong. They are looking for how to be helpful. They want to be in your shoes. She said, yeah, you've been in this. Yeah, I went through something like that. But yours is even greater. How can I help? That's kindness. Brotherly kindness. God wants us to have that. It's beautiful before Him. Truly beautiful before God. That brotherly kindness. The brotherly kindness is the same thing. Brotherly love. Uh, Paul puts it in his own way as the, the term that is used is filial. Familial. Family. Love. We are family. We belong to the same tribe. That's what it is. It's God's tribe. We are called Christians. We are family. We belong to one another. One vine. Different branches. But we all belong to the same family. We have the same root. And you know what the enemy does? He makes us one of the reasons. I leave my notes. One, one of the things that we see that's causing so much trouble in the church. Satan recognizes the power of difference. So we see difference. I'm, I'm highly educated. I can mix up with those guys. They, they, they are uneducated. I have class. 
I meet with CEOs. What would my CEO brother or friends say if he sees me talking to this guy who is a clerk? So you act like you didn't see them. Difference. And they could be going through something but you can't see it. Because you're so high minded. But that's not what Jesus wants you to be. It's different when they see you hanging around. You see you. But you're talking to this guy in his cubicle. And spending much time. All that's wondering. What's going on here? Amen. What's going on here? Well we go to the same church. Wow. Can I come to your church too? I like that you care about each other. Asking, CEO, asking, how's your wife doing? I, I heard the other time she was sick. How's she doing? She's well. I'll come and visit you guys tonight. The guy said, that CEO, how did you come to know this fellow? Can I be a part of this? Whatever is going on between you guys here? Fruitfulness. Fruitfulness. We see difference. And the enemy makes that so big in the world. And from this place and you're from that place. And of this race, you are of the other race. That has nothing to do with Christianity. Let me tell you this. You are a Christian first. Number one, your true identity, the way God sees it, you are first a Christian. With the same bloodline with his son Jesus. And if you are members of the same family, look out for those who are in the same family. If you begin to embrace difference, you become blind. And you can't see their suffering. You can't see. You can't tell where they are from. And what was going on in their lives. You can't. You can't relate to them. But when you take away that difference, there is that brotherly kindness. Brotherly kindness. You know, some, I don't go into this, but I'm from a political home back in my country. My father and my family, when I was saved, some of the younger Nigerians will know that. But my father was one of uh, the founding fathers of our country right after they got independence. That's true. true. And then I got saved. I got saved. And sometimes I visit with some of my Christian brothers. They have very menial jobs in town. The family is well known. And I love being with them. They, sometimes I go visit with them. No boss, I'm just telling you what God did. I didn't see anything. But these are my brothers. When I go visit with them, they, sometimes they don't even have a bed to, to sleep on. They eat their food from the floor. True. I didn't see none of that. Jesus had come into my heart. I sit on the floor with them. Best meal. You eating with those guys? Oh yes. They are my brothers. They are my Christian brothers. One of the reasons I had so much persecution. I've said it here before. To the point where I was put in chains. One of the reasons my family didn't like, they didn't want, how can you associate with those people? To me, they were nuts. 
And I was okay. That's my Christian brothers. For you guys, if you don't receive Jesus, I may never see you through eternity. But these guys, I'm going to be living with them. These are my real brothers. Amen. If you don't say amen. They were my real brothers. I saw their pain. Their aspirations, their ambitions. Prayed with them. But I was new. I was learning from them. They knew better about Jesus than I knew. And I wanted what they got. So I sit with them and listen to this experts. That's why I started hearing the word tithe. Mention that. That's what it is. Another thing that will separate you from being kind is selfishness. When you're constantly looking for yourself and how people perceive you and how whatever that is, <laughs> it's hard. You can't see it because it's all about you. You can't be kind. And anybody crosses you, don't you know who you're dealing with? Big shot. He can be kind. That's why the Bible says, think soberly. Don't think too highly of yourself as you ought to think. Romans chapter 12 tells us that. But think soberly according to what God is giving to you. And he says, deal with people of low degree. Even if they are on the stay with them, God's put you to... Right? Help bring them up. Help bring them up. If you make that part of your life, you will not be unfruitful. They'll love you. Amen. And they'll come to you. And you can pour your knowledge on them. You become like a father, a mother to them. Brotherly kindness. So important. Look at Romans 12 verse 10. It says, Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love. With brotherly love. In honor, giving preference to one another. But when you're looking out for yourself and everybody know how big a sh- you know, I, I'm this problem, you can't, you can't do this. It's hard to do this. God wants us. Jesus made it very clear. He said, you have one master. Right? The rest of you, all of you are brothers. So love one another. That's the way he wants it. When it comes to not seeing difference. You see, where Jesus gave us a story... I can't tell if it was a story or it's a parable that he, Jesus was given. You know, the, we call it a parable. The parable of the Good Samaritan. You heard about that? The Good Samaritan. Jesus was talking to a lawyer and he says, love your neighbor as yourself. And he said, who is my neighbor? 
And Jesus said, okay, let me give you this story. There was a guy, a Jewish guy, who thinks of the uh, Samaritan as a dog. Uh, a, a Samaritan is not welcome among them. They look down on Samaritans. That's why when they want to, the Jews want to insult Jesus, guess what they call him? A Samaritan. And full of demons. That's what, that's serious insult. Don't want anything to do with Samaritans. But he said the Jew fell among thieves and he was wounded and then a pastor came by and he had some church service somewhere. He can't waste time to take care of this guy. That's gospel according to good luck, okay? <laughs> it's not in the Bible. <laughs> okay? He left. He did nothing. And then an usher, a Levite, came by and saw a deacon. He saw what was happening. He pretended like he didn't see it. He had a business meeting. He had to attend. Uh, he left. He did nothing. And then this Samaritan said he saw him. That's what it is. Kindness is born out of heart of mercy. God is merciful of mercy. And God wants us to have mercy. Let us be full of mercy. And it's the mercy in God's heart that moves him to be kind to us. Merciful to us. He had compassion. And if, if you read in the scriptures, everywhere he says, and Jesus had compassion, guess what's going to happen? A lot of people are going to get well. He had compassion on this man, and then he forgot about his own journey, spent some time taking care of the man, dressing his wounds, there was a Samaritan dressing a Jewish man's wounds. But when you are needy, it doesn't matter where it comes from, okay? It doesn't matter where it comes from. You receive it. And then he took him to a hotel. Paid for the bill. Did everything. Guess what? The Jew has found a faithful friend. That's what Jesus said. Go and do the same thing. And he's speaking to us the same way. Let's do this. Let's be kind to one another. You know the way I see it. In the Ark Fellowship. God sending people to us. Guess who sent them? He is sending them to this church. Don't you ever forget that. It's not a coincidence that they came. He sent them, go there. They think they're thinking, but he's actually sending them to, to us. I told some people, we pray God send us the broken. When they come, we shouldn't complain when they start doing broken. <laughs> Amen. Treat them because of who sent them. Treat them well because of the one who sent them. Don't go into their business. Just receive them. And be kind. And love on them. Because that's what Jesus said for us to do. That's what he did. That's what he did. When you read in the scriptures, there was a man, short man called Zacchaeus. 
And he knew he was wicked. But there was something that was drawing him towards Jesus. He all he wanted to do was just see with his eyes. Just to see this man named Jesus. He knew he wasn't accepted among the Jews. They called him a publican. Not a republican. I said publican. (laughs) So he knew he wasn't accepted. But he wanted to see Jesus. There was something inside of him. He knew he was broken. But he could never tell, well, Jesus, Jesus, I can never accompany with a person like that. He wouldn't allow me. He wouldn't even let me get. So he just wanted to see. And but he was shut. He couldn't see Jesus. So he climbed up on the tree. Can you imagine? He was very wealthy. Bill Gates is climbing up on the tree to see somebody. Right? That's what he, he, he forgot about who he was. Amen. He forgot about all his wealth just to look at Jesus. And Jesus got there and saw him and said, called him right by his name. He knew him well. They never met before. But Jesus knew him and knew his name. He knows your name today. And he was going to be kind to the man. Never mentioned a thing about how he had lived his life. He said to him, the man just wanted to see, I'm going to stay at your house today. <laughs> you know what I would do is, are you, are you serious? Me? <laughs> uh, can somebody go home and hide? All of that stuff I have somewhere in the house. <laughs> All right. Somebody run home. He's Jesus. But he knew Jesus could care less. There was no driving in his mind. He was accepted. Great kindness from heaven. His life was changed. Amen? For that one act of kindness. You know that Jesus didn't preach to him. Read. Jesus never said anything to him. All he did was stay in his home. And that was satisfying to the man. And he made up his mind. I'm not going to be wicked anymore. Amen. Because of kindness. Because of love. And God wants us to do the same. When they come in among us, remember. If it's not in your mind, then you don't understand the master really well. If you know Jesus, you look out for them. You're not coming to church for yourself. You come in half for them. And you go on to them. And find out what they are do- what's happening to them. You never can tell. When I was in Calvert, Car- we went to Calvert. They told me that sometimes these kids, they only eat when they go to school. And so when school is hard for the weekend, it's tough for them. I didn't know that. But that was painful for me to hear. It's just a little hug, right? Being kind, right? And sleep a little ten dollars. You've made them happy. And I will add, God wants me to give you this. Amen? Are you sure, God? Yes. If you doubt, 
read the book. He says to give, right? That's truth. That's truth. I'll do that. And you can change a life. And a family. You can change that whole community by being kind. You will not be barren. So important. And never let it be. Maybe you won't say it. But am I my brother's keeper? You heard that? That's what Cain said. That's not for Christians. Amen? We are our brother's keepers. We stand with them. We do whatever it takes to help them get along. We help. We speak the truth. One key thing about kindness is forgiveness. Forgiveness. We have to be tender-hearted towards one another. Not critical. You don't know it all. I don't see you to start finding out what you're doing wrong. That's not my business. My business is when I'm aware of it, not to put you down, is to support you so we get out of it. All of us. Because we are family members. We have to be tender hearted towards each other. I stay away from people who are so critical. Finding fault with everything that's around them. That's all they live that way. No wonder they are so sick. Excuse me. Because you hold all that bitterness. Why is it that the first thing you notice about a person is what they are doing wrong? What about the things that they are doing right? And what about you? Don't you do some things wrong? That's not my purpose. Even when I know my job, my, my brotherly, that brotherly kindness, uh, we will fight this thing together. We are family. That's the way it should be. That's what Jesus wants from us. You have to forgive. Listen to what the scripture tells us. Ephesians 4 verse 22. It says, and be kind, the same word, be kind one to another. Tender hearted. Forgiving one another. Why are we to forgive one another? Because another is going to hurt you sometime. If it's not that way, it won't be in the scriptures. We cross each other sometimes in the wrong way. That's going to happen. What you do after that is what's important. He says, forgive, be tender hearted, forgiving one another. Just as Christ forgave you. That's what God wants from us. And the scripture, Blessed are the merciful, for they will obtain mercy. You know, you can be, uh, you can be kind, but not a person of love. Okay? God's calling Christians to be People of love. 
Now, kind, kind, brotherly kindness, that's dealing with the filial, family love, but God says, take it a step further. Go to agape, that's unconditional love. That's what God wants from us. I like this scripture here. First Peter. And Peter spoke a lot about it because he says, To brotherly kindness, the final thing is love. And that's a spiritual gift. Amen? That's a spiritual fruit, sort of sorry to say. It's a spiritual fruit. In other words, if you are born again, it should be part of your life. You should be able to love. You can love. But you can choose not to. And God will protect your right not to love. But you pay the consequence of it. Peter says, since you have purified your soul. Okay? Your soul is purified. I love this. Because it's not just your spirit. Your soul, that's dealing with your mind... Your emotions and your reasoning faculties. You have purified your soul in obeying the truth. Through the spirit in sincere love of the brethren. You mean love of the brethren has to do with purifying of the soul? Yes. Read First John over and over again. He says, and we're coming to that, we are now free from death because we love the brethren. We've passed from death to life. Why? Because we love believers. That's what the scripture says. Love is so crucial. We love. Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 1, he says, after... I heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and your love towards the brethren. Not just their faith, but their love. He heard not just of their faith, but their love for the brethren. He says, after I heard of your faith and your love for the brethren, I never cease to make mention of you in my prayer. Those two things, they are always there. Love and faith. If you have great faith, guess what? You will have great love. They go together. You cannot have great faith and truly believe in God and not love. That's why you see sometimes people who are supposedly great, they have great faith, they are suffering in the body, and you can pray and pray, nothing happens. And you wonder why we all believe in, but God's not doing anything. Go to them and find out what, they have a lot of bitterness against people. Some of them do. If you go into their lives and find out what's going on. You won't know until you mention the person's name. Hello. They are happy and talking about until you mention that name they don't want to hear. And they said, don't say that name in my presence. And all of a sudden this happy person, now they are mad. 
And if you try to talk to them, they'll say, listen, you don't know what they did to me. I know what you did to Jesus when you put him on the cross. Let's talk about that. If you have great faith in the Lord, what Jesus has done, you have love. They go together. You can love. John makes it very clear. I want to go back to Peter. He says, Since you have purified your soul in obeying the truth through the Spirit, in sincere love of the brethren, you already love the brethren. Then he adds, Love one another. How? Fervently. Fervently. With a pure heart. No ulterior motive. I'm loving. You know, I said to a person, you want to be a pastor? <laughs> uh, you need to learn to, to love and forgive and let go. Because you will have a lot of opportunities to be mad in whatever day. <laughs> yeah. It's not about you. And sometimes I believe God allows it as a test to see what you will do. But, you know, you got to find strategy. You know what I do? When they have offended me, <laughs> the first thing, I'm looking for a place to pray. I'm going to pray for them. God bless them. God, sometimes in my heart, I really want to kill them, but God bless them. <laughs> They shouldn't have done this to me. But God, please bless them. Bless their children. Bless their finances. And it's still in my heart. I'm still not happy with them. God, uh, please, no, I mean, bless them. Bless them. And I continue with that. And then I'm free. Totally free. And can still love them. I don't have that, no feeling. I want them blessed. That's why Jesus said, pray for your enemies. Do good to those who despitefully use you. That way you're free. You can't hold bitterness and then expect the other person to suffer. They don't know you are mad at them. They go to sleep. But you are not able to sleep all night for two weeks. You, must, you are so mad. You toss him back and forth. Who is the one suffering? Hey, just forgive them. Let them go. They're not worth it. Right? I put, I'm sorry. I put it that way. <laughs> but you don't have to punish yourself. Because you can't forgive them. When it's hard. Pray to God. And pray for them. And you feel that freedom. And you can look at them. And so you start without really meaning it. But after a while, because you are operating in obedience to God, guess who takes it? The Holy Spirit takes it over. And empowers you. And then all of a sudden you are praying and you really mean it now. And you wish them best. Because really the enemy is not them. The enemy is Satan that is really planning to divide us because of the difference and whatever has happened. No. We say no to that. Amen.
we say no to that. So love one another. And Paul picks, I mean, Peter picked it up again. First Peter verse four, verse, uh, chapter four, verse eight. And above all things, above what? All things. <laughs> above going to church. Hello. Above praying. Hello. That's part of it. Above all things, have what? Fervent love for one another. <laughs> Stop all that silly prophesying stuff. <laughs> Did I say that? He's <laughs> good. But if there's no love, you've missed the mark. The gifts is still there from God. But the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. That's not why God has the gift in you. He's doing it and operating through you because of them. Those you are ministering to, it's not that he's pleased with you when there's bitterness in your heart. They don't go together. They don't go together. Love one another fervently. John tells us in 1 John, we know, I like what he says, we know that we have passed from death to what? To life. How can you know that? When you love Christian brothers. That's the truth. These are not my words. Jesus gave commandments to love because to really have life is to love your Christian brother and sister and be willing to even lay your life down for them. That's what it is. That doesn't mean you throw your thinking, your faculties away and act silly. But when it, when it comes, you are willing to do whatever it takes for your Christian brother. I don't join with criticizing my fellow preachers. That's not my business. I wasn't the one that called them. You understand what I'm saying? I didn't call them. If they're doing wrong, the one who called them will correct them. What's my business? I walk in the area that he's giving to me. I'm not competing with them. We are the same family. When they grow, I'm happy. The kingdom of God is growing. We're not competing. We're one. He's fleshly. And they see the difference. And so they can't have the compassion. And can't really understand. Because they are not operating on that. Jesus said, by this shall all men know you are my disciples. Because you have words of knowledge all the time. No. Because of your love. For your Christian brother. That's so important. Because of your love. For your Christian brother. He says a new commandment. For John chapter 13. Verse 34. A new commandment I give to you. That you love one another. As I have loved you. I was reading something by a preacher. He said the first time he read that thing. Uh, he read it several times, but one day he read it and he says, ah, This is too much. To love as I have, or even as I have loved, 
you love like Jesus loved? That's a tall order. And that's what Jesus is asking for. He says, this is the way people will know that you truly love God. Love never fails. Love never fails. But whether there are prophecies, they will fail. Whether there are tongues, and tongues still here, prophecies still here, they will cease. Some people say they have. If you, th- if you think they have ceased, please don't stay around me because I speak in tongues. I will make you know they are not gone. It hasn't ceased. Whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away. That's a good one. Knowledge is still here. They even know more now than they knew them. We still have knowledge. And so the Bible says, And now abides faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. It's to love people. Because it says, love covers multitudes of sin. You know how I see that? I used to think, well, love covers multitudes of sin. In other words, I see the sin and I just ignore it. That's not right. Huh? That's not right. If I see you doing something wrong and ignore it, and don't tell you, I'm putting you in a very bad place. That's not love. So, love means covers multitudes, ignore it. That's not what he's talking about. But when there is love, everyone wants to be loved. It's true. Whatever you have or you don't have, you can't be alone. You want to have people around you. That's the way life is. God created us that way. And when you are loved, you can imagine somebody who has been in a place where they are truly loved. A drunk. He likes to drink. Go to bars every night to drink. But he is with these people that truly love him. They take care of him. And he's with them every evening. He forgets about the bar. Five weeks is gone. He's still enjoying their love as they love him and take care of him. And then all of a sudden he remembers, I haven't been in the bar for five weeks. Hello? I haven't been there. And he wonders. He tries going there and he doesn't feel love, right? He says, I don't think this is where I want to go. I couldn't go back to my old life. Amen. My Christian brothers. And what they were teaching me. The presence of God in their lives. What I see. The peace that I see in them. There was chaos in the world. I didn't want to go there. I didn't want to go back to what I was doing. I've talked about this before. I, I, I wanted to be just like them. I came in with my bare bottom pants and, okay, <laughs> and all of that stuff. And fro, you know what that is? And they wore what they call pencil pants. And, and I loved them enough. I want to be like my brothers. So I, I cut my pants off and make it pencil pants so I can look like them. And I was glad to be part of them. Amen. There was love in the family. There was love in the family. He heals. Love heals. 
That's what this church should be about. Amen? Apart from preaching and all of that. And the gifts. It's true genuine love. But love based on truth. You don't ignore truth. That's also part of love. Amen? Amen. Bow your heads with me today. I like us to go back to that place where you know Jesus loves me. This I know. Sometimes these are the beautiful songs that the Holy Spirit brings up in our heart because Jesus loves us and we know it. I pray that you you know that this morning that you know that love of God and God who will never leave you who will never forsake you. He cares deeply about you. You know, my prayer for you today, if you feel like God's not in your life the way you would like Him to be in your life, He's saying to you today, that's exactly what He desires. He wants to be in your life. All you have to do is make room for Him and invite Him to come nearer. And you desire to go nearer to Him. For those of us who are believers, make a commitment. You see, without Jesus, you can do nothing. We talk about love, and you look into yourself and say, Well, I can't do that. I don't have it in me. All you need to do is ask Jesus to pour His love in your heart. And instantly, He'll do it. If you have something against anyone this morning, I need you to ask God, give me grace to forgive. Say it with your mouth. God, I forgive. Help me to forgive. But I'm willing to forgive. If you would do that today, God's grace will be poured into your life and things are going to turn around. Things will be better. You see, Jesus is here this morning for every one of us. He came to be with us, not for all of us, but for you. Yes, for all of us, but specifically for you. He's here with you. All you have to do is in your mind, see yourself, link in your hand, taking his hand and holding on to him. If you do that today, he's here with you and wants to reach out to you. There's no better place to be. And he rejects no one. Himself, he said it. Anyone who comes to me, I will in no wise turn the person away. He'll receive you. How many want that closeness with God this morning? Will I see your hand up? Thank you. I see that hand back there. Thank you. I see those hands. Thank you. God, I know that you're here. I know that. You know our frame. You created us. And you know everything about us. You know our weaknesses. And you also know our strengths. Today, God, we ask that your strength be our strength drive away our weaknesses 
fill our hearts with your love, O oh God, for one another. Help us to forgive where there is a reason to forgive today. Stand up with me, every one of you. There's a scripture that I just read today. It says, love one another passionately. I do know that you can never do a thing until your heart is pure before God. Not perfect, pure. And you're saying, God, you know me. I need your help. I want to be that kind of person. I know how God is. If that's what you want, you have it. Not tomorrow, but at the time you're asking. You know why I know that? Jesus said, ask, and it shall be given to you. Seek, you'll find. Knock, the door will be open to you. For everyone asks, receives. I repeat, for because for everyone who asks receives. How many ev- everyone do we have here?